What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham, and I am joined, as always, with Justin Treese, Riley O'Brien, and Doug Anderson. And today, of course, we are talking football. Tonight, we're going to talk about some of the biggest quarterback draft busts of all time, as well as taking Treese's trivia question. And, of course, we got Twitter questions, specifically one, but you know what? We're going to be talking about it, answering it, and talking about those that have left an impression on our lives that have kept us in the world of football. We will be having some fun doing a too-good-to-be-true four-round mock draft for the Chiefs, Browns, and Jags. All right, boys, let's talk some football. Uh, preseason schedules came out. It's funny because it's exciting to us now, and before too long, it's going to be like, remember when we were excited about that? The week three game is the one that matters. The Lions play the Bills. Who do you guys got? I got the Bucks going up against the Browns, which really, I mean, <laughs> be easy. You guys aren't going to eat a W? <laughs> no, the Browns are going to eat a W. The, 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 oh, okay, okay. The Bucks yeah. will be eating. Never mind. <clears throat> I can't say what they'll be <laughs> And uh, the Jags will be staying in Florida facing the Dolphins. We will be playing San Fran here in Kansas City, and I might actually go to that game just to see if Garoppolo is playing um, back from his injury. I think that would be awesome. Uh, that's who they started off preseason with. Last year was against the Houston Texans. I got to go see that. And just kind of getting to see those guys that you've seen through camp and heard about, and now getting to see them on the actual field would be pretty cool. So that just brought up a good point. Are, are there uh, any, like, star players that aren't expected to be back by the time the preseason rolls around? For the Jags, um, I don't know if Marquise Lee is going to be available by week three of the preseason. Uh, it sounds like he'll be coming close to – they said that he'll be playing around preseason time, but I'm not sure if he'll be actually playing or not. If he'll or he'll just be practicing. So what do you, what do you think with Leonard Fournette, Treese? Is he? I mean, just the way that that all ended last year. I mean, we've we've talked about him, but do you think he comes out of the gates firing week one and is going to be a big part of that new offense? Yeah. So. I was obviously really hard on him the last a couple episodes ago, but I actually do. I, I'm a big believer in Leonard Fournette. I think that he'll find a way to stay healthy through training camp. Hamstrings are tough. Um, kind of hard to know when they're going to be popping up and when they're not. Uh, as long as he continues to stretch and continues to like work the way he's supposed to be, I, I think he'll be healthy. Uh, his play style, he's going to get hurt during the year. He always does. Um, it's kind of the nature of his game. But I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, I could see easily a 1,000-yard season out of him, probably double-digit touchdowns. Uh, with with Foles there, people aren't going to be able to load the box anymore. It, there's no right. such thing as nine in the box anymore. Uh, Nick Foles will eat that apart. Um, so uh, I'm excited. Austin, do the Chiefs have any guys hurt right now? that uh are on the on the mend um key guys not that come to mind uh you know definitely off-field issues are definitely a concern and a worry i think it's pretty obvious where they're at with the tyree kill situation no one really knows what's going on with that there's still no news nothing's being said from what i've heard or from what i've understood so to them it's really just going to be make sure all the off-field issues are cleared up and uh just kind of getting a peek at the new defense because they've completely changed that it's a new era of Chiefs football. It's a new era of Chiefs defense. Yeah. Did you guys see that, one, the Patriots signed Austin Severian Jenkins today? Pretty good. I think that's a good signing for tight end for them. And they also brought in TJ Yeldon. I did see that. Are you that. serious? Oh, I didn't see the Yeldon pickup. Oh, Who else? Damn. They so brought they, in. They didn't pick him up. They just brought him in for a workout. Oh, okay. Who else did they bring in with Yeldon? They brought in one other person. Yeah, they did. And I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. That's Getting Severius Jenkins, though, that, that's a good pickup for them. It is. I was actually so, a little upset that uh, the Jags didn't keep him around just because. Oh, um, Demarius Thomas. That's right. Oh, that's who it was. I did see that one. Does Dude. the AFC East, do they just kind of like swap players and coaches? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the, pa- awesome. and the Patriots are the, always the ones benefiting from it. Dude, TJ Yeldon to New England would make would make a lot of sense, right? Like, you've talked about it, Therese. Really talented guy. You actually really like him as a player. So, yeah, Patriots will probably come in and scoop him up. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be a great fit there, though, because he, he wants to be the guy. He wants oh, to is that be, it? I mean, I don't know if he necessarily is like, I have to be the guy that gets 20 touches, but I think he wants more, more responsibility and – um, than just a third down back. And with 
the Patriots, they have Michelle, they have yeah. White, they have um I'm sorry, blanking. What's what's the white guy's name? James. Uh, Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead. Thank you. Rex Burkhead. Oh. They got all three of those. I mean Yeldon's just another guy at that point. The chance of winning a Super Bowl kind of overrules that though, don't you think? Yeah, at some point for the player, they have to say, Yeah, like I'm not gonna be the stud, so do I wanna be the stud on a or a you know, a guy on a shitty team or do I wanna go win? For sure. All right, now it's time we take some Twitter questions. This question actually came in for us an episode ago, but we just had so much going on. It was such a great episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back. You need to. It's go great. listen to it. <laughs> But we got a question here from Taylor Schulte, a talking football fan favorite. Absolutely love the guy. What a great guy. But his Twitter handle is at TS Schulte. And his question was, if you could have one player in their prime to play for your team, who would it be? I'll take a first stab at this. And maybe it's just because I'm just needing that wide receiver in my life um, and on my team. <laughs> I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Terrell Owens, T.O. Um, he, I think he'd be awesome in today's game. I mean, he was fucking awesome in his age, right? Like, but now, like, with his size, his speed, his physicality, he would be awesome. Another guy I was actually thinking of was Riley's boy, and I was going to say, give me Calvin Johnson. Hey, I was telling you guys earlier today, listening to episode nine, that not one of you guys picked a Lions player for your all-time or your not all-time, just your your all NFL teams. I, Oops, I get it. There's some really good players there. Although Darius Slay should have made one of your guys' rosters, but I don't know. You, hey, I want to hear it. What I do want to hear though is more <laughs> Lions love. And Treese, you just did something and totally redeemed yourself. I would love to see Calvin Johnson. Uh, balling for you man yeah so i went ahead and picked one for offense and defense and i'm kind of going to join trees here for who i would go on offense what he thought but what i did because i mean i know who's good on offense and who isn't so i definitely went with calvin johnson i think having that guy in kansas city kansas city's never really been known to have their a wide receiver they've been known to have that tight end or that running back it's never been a quarterback except for right now which is great so for them to have a calvin johnson through the years I think he might even played past being 30, seeing Alex Smith on the team and then the appearance of Patrick Mahomes. He might still be in the league, but, you know, you end up in Detroit for so long. After a while, you turn 30, you're like, all right, I'm done. I got to get out of here. <laughs> so Calvin Johnson for the Chiefs offense. And then on defense, uh, Lawrence Taylor. I know they had Derek Thomas, but I think having a Lawrence Taylor just kind of adds to that, uh, to the just the – fear of the Chiefs defense that it was you know during that time period and if he was on the team now that would just kind of add to where Kansas City's dominance would be and just go ahead and like I've said before plenty of times just hand him the Lombardi because so if you got a guy like Lawrence Taylor on the other side with the Patrick Mahomes you know throwing touchdowns to Hill or whoever's there on the receiving end of it Kansas City's looking pretty solid well for mine you know you both talk about Calvin Johnson Ooh, yeah okay cool great receiver all three of you guys were going to take <laughs> Calvin Johnson no. Are you guys serious? No, I'm just saying that was really good. Um, okay, all right. No, I'm not. No, mine's more honestly. <laughs> honestly, mine's more of a like this dude straight up has torn my heart out multiple times, and just to have him in his prime for just one year, I would be totally fine with. But I'd have the 2013 version of Josh Gordon. That dude was insane. Like, if he would have just stayed in his prime and wouldn't have had all the other issues and just would have been fine, man, he'd be one of the greatest receivers, at least modern-day football. He's so damn good. There was – so, bringing it up, actually, Jag, the Jags, Treese's Jags, um, although we lost the game against you guys, he had a 95-yard touchdown from Brandon freaking Whedon. Here's a question for you. Here's a question. How many how many total yards did he have that game? 261. Boom. And what was the final score? 32-28. For who? I said I already said it. The Jags won. Oh, Dude. yeah, I know. I just wanted to hear it again. So <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm understanding. You want somebody that doesn't actually help your team win games. Hey, Brandon Browns. Whedon. Browns Brandon fans. Whedon also threw two interceptions. Uh, like, that, what was that, he, a 28-year-old rookie? Yeah, dude, how bullcrap is that? That's Browns. 
Yeah, that game was actually super fun. Like that I game was amazing. Yeah, I I think it's so badass that Treese just asked that, and Doug, you you had that information on tap. Two hundred and sixty-one oh. yards. Well, he had three. He had four consecutive games of a hundred plus yards. That Damn. game he had two hundred sixty-one. Dude, no, 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 no. Like Josh Gordon. I mean, it shows. I mean, granted, he will, goes to the Patriots, and the Patriots are just going to win. He did decent with the Patriots. Now he's suspended until whenever. Um, was he I, drafted I, by the Browns, Doug? Yeah, he was, 2012. Yep. I love that you were like, yeah, but he had Brandon Whedon throwing him the ball. Dude, you lost to Chad Henney. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And and the Jaguars' number one receiver was Cecil Shorts. Hold on. Um, why are we talking smack on Chad Henney? He's the backup to the MVP, so I need you to watch your mouth there, please. Because <laughs> he didn't help Blake Bortles out very much. <laughs> no one could have helped Blake Bortles out very much, and the guy that did got fired. <laughs> could, could you imagine? Could you imagine Patrick Mahomes throwing to Calvin Johnson? My God, with a Tyree kill on the other side. Yeah. How? How? What defensive players would you need to stop that? Jalen Ramsey. I was gonna. I was gonna say Ramsey. <laughs> that might have been the one time I give you like, okay, maybe a Jags guy. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, trivia time here. So these these ones aren't. I'm still. Still getting better. Uh, I'll, I'll come up with more elaborate ones, but just uh, a few here today. Let's go with... I actually brought this up to uh, one of our, our followers, Brandon Olson, today. You guys know him from Whole Nine Sports. Who owns the single-game reception record for the New York Giants? Doug. Victor Cruz. Okay. Austin, who you got? Plaxico Burris. Okay. Riley? I know I'm wrong, but I'm just going to I'm gonna do something that I don't think you guys do enough, and that is praise my players. So I'm going to say Odell Beckham Jr., who is now a Cleveland Brown, obviously. Okay. So I need to show you guys. Nobody else is going to see this, but I got to show you guys the text. Actually, first I'm going to tell you who it was. You were all wrong. Of course. It, it's not even a wide receiver. Is it Jeremy Shockey? I'm so happy you said that. No, it's not. Freak! It is Saquon Barkley. What? So, Doug. In week two, in week two against the Cowboys last year, he had 14 receptions, and that is the most in the Giants history. Holy! I'm going to show you guys a text right here um, that says who we think everybody's going to say, and I don't know if you guys can read it, but we said Austin's going to say crew, or sorry, OBJ. Doug's going to say Cruz. And Riley's going to say Plexico Burris. Those were the three guys. Those are wow. the three guys. Said, wait, and wait for it. Wait for it. And then we said, or somebody's going to get cute and say Jeremy Shockey. Dude. We <laughs> named the four players that you were going to do. That is awesome. That is Holy awesome. That's creepy. That it is, is creepy. All so, right. shout, shout out geez, to Brandon. Who's behind you, bro? Who's behind you? I know. Uh, yeah. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Is Brandon oh, Olsen in that room? <laughs> I know, right? Okay, all right. One more for you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna do quarterback A and quarterback B with some stats, and then you guys are gonna guess who these guys are. They are active starting quarterbacks for teams right now. Okay, so um, they are both in their. I think they're both in. They're gonna be in their ninth year now. Um, actually that might've just given it away and it might be their eight. I don't know. It's one of the two years. So ignore the years, but career stats player a is 59% completion percentage. Um, averages 3,560 passing yards, 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. And then player B is a uh, 62% passer, so three points higher. Averages 512, or sorry, 3,512 yards, so roughly 60 passing yards less per season. Averages 23 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, so actually averages one more touchdown pass and the same amount of interceptions per season. Who do you think player A is? Case Keenum. Okay. Oh, never mind. 
Nick Foles. Riley? Those stats sound kind of like my guy, Matthew Stafford. No, Stafford's a higher completion percentage than that. This is Cam Newton. Damn it. I should have. Oh, my God. 50, so, so 50, 59%, 3,560 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That's his average for a season. I, so, I promise you, I was looking at his stats the other day because we were talking about him on a show, an episode why, or two that's back. That's why I brought him up. Dude, and I was like, he's he's won an MVP, and his stats aren't that much better than Stafford's anyway. Yeah, they're not. Um, actually, I have Stafford's right here: three thousand eight hundred and fifty, sixty-two and a half percent, twenty-four touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. So they're so pretty, damn close. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, very close. They're pretty similar, but um, Stafford averages three percent better, three hundred yards, and a touchdown more. Okay, so sorry, player B is sixty-two percent. 3,515 yards, roughly, 23 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Doug. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm, dude, what the f- – uh, Joe Flacco. Okay. Austin. And you said he's been in the league for eight years? Yeah. I'm just running through the teams right now in my head. Riley? Am I going to be silly to say Nick Foles again? No, you're not silly, but that's not the answer. Riley? Oh, shh. Uh Damn it. You know who I, it is? I think I know who it is. Say it. Andy Dalton? Boom. It's Andy Dalton. God wow. damn it. So, wow. for as much as we shit on Andy Dalton, he averages basically the same thing that Cam Newton does. Given Cam Newton does have the rushing ability, right? But passing-wise, those two are almost identical. That's crazy. Dude, I'm loving these questions because uh, as soon as Doug just said Andy Dalton in my head, I hear you in episode whatever it was when we proposed that uh, Andy Dalton uh, and Josh Rosen trade and stuff. And you were like, you know, isn't Andy Dalton outside of Tyrod Taylor like the perfect bridge quarterback? But statistically, why hasn't he just been able to get anything done then? Coaches. Coaches. I mean, he made the playoffs four years in a row. They just can't True. True. Um. So when I was going through this, my point was to actually try to prove a point for Matt Ryan because we've in our chat, we've kind of been very vocal about not supporting Matt Ryan. So that's what I was going off of. And then I just saw those two and I was like, holy shit, those are super similar. So Matt Ryan is actually better than what I thought. So his average is 65 percent completion, Mm -hmm. 3,850 passing yards, 24 or sorry, 26.8 touchdowns. So basically 27 and 12 interceptions. Another thing that got brought up today that I was kind of think would be absolutely bananas is for those of you that don't support women's sports, one shame on you. Two, um, if you don't women know, are amazing. If you don't know, the women's final four championship game was on Sunday, men's was on Monday. But the WNBA had their draft today. So it's a quick turnaround. How crazy the NFL draft would be if the NFL draft was one week or less than that after the final game of the season, like after the Super Bowl. Doug, what do you think of that? Dude, didn't uh, was it John Harbaugh that actually talked about that? Having he did it, talk about how he wanted to switch up the draft and free agency, how he wanted those. Oh, that's what he talked about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. No, to be honest, dude, when you post this, I think, I, you know, that would be crazy. Because, I mean, if they did that, players might view their how they get ready completely different, the way that they approach things. There'd be interviews happening clear, like, before the playoffs happened. I mean, it almost give an edge to the teams that don't make the playoffs because, I mean, they'd immediately be starting to, like, interview certain athletes, things like that. It also change how free agency works, I think. Because think about that. There'd be, like, draft picks potentially traded before, like, right as soon as it opens, things like that. Dude, wow, that just opened my mind to so many things. So Matt Miller said the other day, like, it's funny how – you kind of go through this phase where you like somebody and then you cool off on them. And then at this time of year, you kind of come back around to feeling how you, you did originally. Right. You guys get the premise of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that being said, would there be more draft busts or less? Because does the extra time just give – are they overthinking it? There, I think there would be a lot more just because there would be a lot of judgment too of how someone did in a bowl game. Like a quarterback, you know, let's say he goes into a bowl game and he just – no interceptions, like perfect passer rating, you know, four or five touchdowns thrown. I mean, breaking tackles, rushing yards. I mean, running backs all positions. Like that would be a huge – well, look what, he, look what he did here in the big moment. This is what he can do for us. And so I think that would up their draft stock, and it wouldn't give players the option to build up um, their profile and kind of where they can go in the draft. I mean, we're looking at it right now with, with Garrett Bradbury. I mean, he had no talks to be in the first round since, like, ever. And now all of a sudden, two months before the draft, he's getting mocked to the Kansas City Chiefs at 29. And now there's a possibility he goes to 22 to the Ravens. So that throws off even more mock drafts and where everyone is. But, I mean, that's just how the NFL set up now. So if they were to do NCAA championship game, three days later everyone's getting drafted. I mean, you're, <laughs> you don't have test results. People are injured. If someone just got injured at a bowl game, I mean, are they even not even drafted at all because they don't know how long it's going to be because that's not enough time to get testing done and results and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's just kind of like what Doug said. I mean, that just opens you up to so many things that can make or break people's careers and ultimately what they're getting paid. Yeah, I think I think that two things would happen for sure. Trayvon Mullen would be DB number one, if that was the case, right after a championship. And DK Metcalf wouldn't go even in the second round. You'd have players that need to decide sooner too, like during the season, right? That Whether or not they're going pro. Yeah, absolutely. And one, Doug, it doesn't matter. Like he's DB two anyway, so not make a difference. And two, what it would really do is make it so a player like Daniel Jones would have been super high, and then someone like Drew Locke would have been super low because at the end of the season, everybody was so high on Daniel Jones, like what he did at the end of the season, and then. What Locke was, like a lot of people weren't were high on him, but like through the process of Senior Bowl and the Combine, that's when Drew Locke has gotten a lot of his um, publicity and getting right. a lot more recognition. So that would be awesome. The My big thing is, would this make it kind of like how I, Austin, how you were saying, like bowl games would be so important because it's like kind of your last thing you see right before you draft them. We wouldn't be seeing players sit out of bowl games anymore. That's true. That's true. I like that. The whole reason that kind of started was just because of Jalen Smith. I mean, we literally watched him go from being one of the best players in the draft to just destroying his knee and sitting out a year and a half. I mean, he went from being the guy to a guy, you know, and it's just that you hate to see that. And so I don't I don't mind it if players sit out of bowl games that aren't as meaningful. Like if you're not in the playoffs, like, oh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're Exhibition games, they're pointless. I think that if I think there should only be New Year's New Year's Six Bowls from now on. There nothing more matters. I like that. Uh the one point that I had going off of this, and we can transition to our next segment if we want. This would ultimately mean the number one pick, Kyler Murray, is not the number one pick. Because ah, great, great Cliff Kingsbury's probably not hired yet. Because he got fired after the season, you know what I mean? Then signed with USC, and then it was like, ah, you know what, I'm going to go take a head coach job in Arizona. And then the Kyler Murray talk started with him staying in baseball or not. So Kyler Murray's not the number one pick. It's most likely Bosa locked in at it, which it should be. But, I mean, it just is the domino effect of what's going to happen and what's not. Yeah. In the end, this wouldn't work. It would break everything, but I just thought it was inter- I thought it was interesting, and because an NFL roster is fifty three men and basketball is twelve, and so like yeah. it's a lot easier. Um, but I just still thought it would be interesting. Like, what would fucking happen if? Yeah, if, for real. Like that was actually the case. I I, I just think it'd be it'd be a fun exercise. No, I love it, dude. I love. I think we're all kind of seeing like Teresa always has. It's like, okay, where are you going with this? And I feel like that leads really. Uh, perfectly into what we want to talk about next. We want to talk about quarterbacks um, that have been draft busts, not just the biggest draft bust of all time, but uh, 
Doug, Treese, Austin, let's talk about guys that you thought would be really good that for one reason or another didn't pan out. And let's, I don't know, let's talk about why. I think thinking about this, that's one thing I do love about Matthew Stafford is, you know, he was the number one recruit in high school, number one rated quarterback, uh, goes to Georgia, starts games as a freshman, eventually becomes the number one pick and, you know, hasn't had the success in the NFL to this point, wait till this season. Uh, but he, he's never broken. And a lot of guys are supposed to be the next great thing. And they just, for one reason or another, don't ever pan out. So let's talk about quarterback bus, Doug. All right. So, you know, I got a little bit of background to this quarterback. Um, by no means did I want the Browns to take him. I thought that the roster was fine. Uh, just let Brian Hoyer take over for the year. Just sit back. Don't let too much happen. But freaking 2014 draft comes around. 22nd pick. They take Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was an absolute... I mean, he was so much fun to watch in college. I can't deny that. Dude was amazing. Um, but when they took him, I was like, you know what? Maybe. Maybe. He has an attitude. Uh, he, he's a good player. Mike Pettin, new head coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan hired on as the offensive coordinator. Well, I was like, all right, this this is going to be okay. Um, they had, I can't say his name right, but Dowell Loggins, Loggins. He's a quarterback coach. Uh, was, the, was a quarterback coach for the Browns this season. Everybody was new coming in. Everybody had a great track record. I loved Kyle Shanahan last episode. Proclaim my love for Kyle Shanahan. Love the dude. Favorite coach in the league. I honestly thought that Johnny Manziel was at least going to produce. I thought that he was at least going to be decent. I had really high hopes for him. But now I look at the league, and let's see. Johnny Manziel's been out of the league for years. He's kicked out of the CFL permanently, and the AAF doesn't exist anymore. Dude literally was just a train wreck. Lied about being in Vegas. Party when he shouldn't have been partying. That's the biggest bust ever. I Oh, gosh. Johnny Manziel, dude. I'm not a Johnny Manziel stand by any means. I didn't want the Browns to take him, but I had hope for him. And, man, did he wreck the league in the absolute worst way. I forget that they got – so they got him at 22. That's the same spot they traded up to get Brady Quinn back in 2007, right? Yeah, the fact that they traded up to get him, too, that hurts. Yeah, they got Johnny Manziel – Brady Quinn and Brandon Whedon all at pick twenty-two. Fun so, stuff. Fun don't stuff. trust. Don't trust pick twenty-two. Never <laughs> trust pick twenty-two. Don't trust the Browns. I think is what you mean. No, no, no. Um, don't trust the Browns when Jimmy Haslam's in control. Absolutely. Trust. Trust in Dorsey. Trust yeah. in Dorsey. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually with you. So I in I had Manziel as my QB two in that draft. Everybody knows how my love for Teddy Bridgewater. He was my QB one, but I did have Manziel as QB two, and then Derek Carr, and then Blake Bortles, and Bortles went three, and the rest is history. So cool, fun, fun story, guys. Let's move on. Um, so I'll go with my QB bust, and everybody's gonna want to talk about Ryan Leaf and that, but one know what I. Just, I was just a little too young for it to like really recognize like what actually happened there. Um, I was like 12, 13, something, something like that. So I'm going to go with RG three. Wow. Good pick. So one, one, because it's the one time that I can actually give myself props and Riley, I had this conversation with you when he got drafted, I said, He'll be a quarter or he'll be a wide receiver in the NFL in four years. <laughs> and I was like standing by that. His rookie of the year, I got so much shit. I was like, fuck, I don't even know this sport. Like, I'm dumb. I'm dumb and so, <laughs> and so forth. But let me tell you why he I have him on my list as number one. And it's not because injuries happen. Like, I can't fault a guy for that. Why he's the biggest bust for me is because they gave up so mm -hmm. much for him. They gave up. They obviously swapped 2012 picks, first rounders. Then it's a 2012 second rounder, 2013 first rounder, and a 2014 first rounder. Um, 
That's a lot, especially because 2014 turned into pick number two. Mm -hmm. Um, 2013 was pick number 22. And then they also gave up pick 39 in that 2012 pick. So they gave up an additional three top 40 picks. One of those being a top two pick. Um, There was, there was a time there briefly where they looked like geniuses though, because he was like, you know, step for step with luck. Um, he, He won rookie of the year. He was better than luck his rookie year. He was, he was special that, that rookie year. So if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, do you think he would have stayed around where he was? Or do you think it was just inevitable that at some point he, no, cause that's when that is when the read option came into the NFL and that's what got one. That's what got him hurt, but that's also what made him so dangerous. It wasn't him being able to stay in the pocket and throw, which he could, he, he was not this guy that only could run around to make plays. Like he could stay in the pocket and do it, but it, what made him that much better at it was the ability to be able to scramble that where people had to be always having somebody stand around to kind of do a QB spy in a sense. You know, and I totally agree with you on that, but I do owe RG three, my sanity, because he prevented the Browns from having two consecutive no-win seasons. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's a bust, though, straight up. Austin, give us a quarterback that you thought would be good that just didn't do it. Yeah, so uh, at the top of my list, I had RG3. Um, <laughs> he was literally taken right out from underneath me. So uh, maybe I should start going first here. But uh, any, I do. I actually do have a list, which is great. And Trace, I agree with everything you said. And Riley, to kind of answer your question as well, I don't think he would have, you know, stayed healthy or been fine just because he wanted to run so much. I mean, he was so successful at it in college. And do you guys know who the offensive coordinator was in Washington at the time? Kyle Shanahan. Exactly. So I think we're kind of on a little trend here on what's going on. I mean, he's creating offenses to fit his quarterbacks to where it works for a little bit. And if they don't try or they do something stupid, it doesn't work out. So you got to give him props there. But at the same time, like if he's your offensive coordinator, if besides if you're Matt Ryan, it's kind of like a yikes situation. But going to my guys that I think are busts, uh, I have Jameis Winston. I had him at the top just because he hasn't produced the way I thought he would, and there's still so many off-field issues that it's become a distraction to the team. I think with Bruce Arians coming in as the head coach, I think that's going to help him out. It's going to get him more confidence. I feel like the staff before, you know, they tried to get him pumped up, but there were just so many mistakes, and I don't think they knew how to handle him or talk to him. So kind of like I said, I think this next season will be a game changer on if he does become a full-on bust, but right now I'm just not seeing it. This next guy I had was, was Brady Quinn, so Riley, you bringing him up was actually great. Just because I thought him coming out of Notre Dame he would be able to go to Cleveland and he would be the guy to change that. I don't know how many, how many guys we thought would be the one to do it there for Cleveland. But <laughs> personally, just me being, you know, I was younger at the time. And so getting to watch him at Notre Dame, I thought was awesome. I really liked him. You know, he, was just, he seemed like a cool dude, you know, the, the typical quarterback, good looking guy could throw the ball. Well played, well played at Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. I just thought it was awesome to see him. And it, another guy that I have on my list that where no one's really talking about, Josh Freeman. He was kind of the Jameis Winston oh. before Jameis Winston in a sense. You know, a bigger body, kid out of K-State, so he's local to me. I thought he might be the one that kind of step in there, change things up, you know, get a footing. And he did decently well from what I can remember. Like I said, I don't have much memory of how successful he was, but he just never panned out to be that guy that, you know, would be a bigger body, strong arm, and it inevitably just didn't work in Tampa Bay. I want to say that he was he was pretty good as a rookie, right? Because Stafford got hurt rookie year, and they were in the same draft class. And then um, I got back from South Africa. Mark Sanchez is leading the Jets to the AFC Championship game. And it was just, you know, it felt like, did the Lions not take the right guy? And then again, you know, over time, this fact that Stafford's still where he is and all those guys are where they're at. Wasn't Freeman pretty good as a rookie, Treese? So it was his second year, actually, where he threw for 25 touchdowns and only six interceptions. And he had a 62% completion percentage. Yeah, all of you guys, I know that off the top of my head. I'm not looking at a computer right now. so Just out of curiosity, how and why? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know why. Now, um, so then 
Yeah, and then he kind of just dropped mm. off. The next year went 16 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. And then 2012, he actually came back with 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So, but it was mainly that second year, 2010. I mean, 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions at 62% completion. That's a hell of a season. So just to make sure I heard you right, he threw for 25 touchdowns a second year, and then that third year he threw 22 interceptions? Yeah, he went from six interceptions to 22 interceptions. <laughs> yep. That's bad judgment right there. Yikes. Yeah. So when these guys, and we, we kind of talked about this before, but do you guys see a lot of quarterbacks that just climb up even in you know the week leading up to the draft? Maybe, you know, maybe sooner, but teams just get jump the gun. You know, they're like, you know, let's just get our guy right now. Are a lot of times these guys quote unquote bust just because they're taken in the first round and they really shouldn't have been or, or what, like, how does that happen with Josh Freeman? Like what changes? Yeah. I mean, everybody wants a quarterback, so they're, they're overvalued. That's basically what it is. There's a lot of times you'll hear people be like, yeah, this isn't a first round talent, but he's going to go in the top 15 or he's going to go in the top 12. I'm like, you're talking about upper part of the first round, and you're telling me he's not even supposed to be in the top 32. I mean, Blake Bortles is the perfect example of that, right? And he went number three overall when a lot of people had him. I mean, a lot of people nowadays would be like, yeah, I didn't even have him in my top, like, 70 players. No, no. If you go into mock drafts, everybody had him in the second round. I mean, that's the same with, like, Drew Locke this year. He's not a first-round caliber guy, but he's going to go. Potentially Daniel Jones, too. Daniel Jones, to me, is like a third or fourth rounder. But Treese and Austin, real quick, as Doug says that, is Drew Locke a first-round talent? Doug just said he doesn't think he, that he is. Do you guys think he is? No, I don't no. think so. There's too too much inconsistency, too many hmm. silly decisions, you know, just thinking he – just trusting his arm too much in a sense, trying to fit the ball in tight windows – but he could very well, you know, be a guy that cleans all that up this offseason, just focusing on football and training with Palmer. Um, I think that'll kind of clean all that up for him. And he may be a guy, you know, that steps in if he ends up in the right system. You know, if he kind of gets the Patrick Mahomes treatment where he gets into a place and he gets to sit back for a year and learn how to be an NFL quarterback and can develop his arm a little bit and get those touch throws, I think he'll be good. But it's just a matter of what position he's put into. So what what about a quarterback that you thought in this case like Drew Locke, let's say he becomes really good? Can you guys think of a guy that you weren't high on that proved you wrong? Derek Carr. I was just thinking. I was just thinking Derek Carr. I'm not kidding, Derek Carr. Like I mean, meh, but he's had some pretty damn good seasons. I mean, like what he did last year with his roster, threw for four thousand yards. So I mean. Yeah, that honestly, that's who like the first person that popped into my head was was Derek Carr. I just didn't really think that he was gonna be that good, and he's been pretty damn good just over overall in his career. Like considering mm-hmm. what I thought he would be. Did you think he just underestimated his ability, and then he's just? I don't pay much attention to the Raiders, but is is their offense just built around what he's good at, and they just believe in him and? I mean, it takes a lot of things to go right for these guys to pan out. So I think he's. I think it's just him. Huh. I think it's. I think it's him. Good to kind of just real quick to kind of yeah. carry off of that. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes if he ends up anywhere else. Dude, I'm so glad that you just said that, Austin, because I, I've never thought to ask you that. But it's you know they always say like he's a perfect match for Andy Reid. I look at his stats and I look at his highlights and I'm just like, dude, how how does a team not take this guy. Did, did somebody in that draft take a quarterback? Was he the first quarterback taken? Yeah. No, uh, Trubisky went first. Oh, uh, yeah, like sorry. Trubisky three. went number two overall, right? And then yeah. Mahomes was 10. So and... Trubisky's, you know, I, I th- Trace, you remember the first time they played the Bears and Lions his rookie year, I thought, this kid is tough. But, God, you're watching Mahomes do what he does. They got to be kicking themselves to think we could have had him. So you really don't think he's the same guy, Austin, unless he's in Kansas City? Yeah, and we don't have to go too deep into this, but I mean, 
you got to give credit to Alex Smith. You know, he accepted him coming in. He kind of saw yeah. it coming. You know, he helped mold him. He helped teach him how to be an NFL quarterback. The the traits and the natural ability was there. You know, they all saw in practice. But for him to learn how to be an NFL quarterback, how to study, how to watch film correctly, what to keep an eye on and whatnot, I think that just helped his transition and in getting a year to learn Andy Reid's playbook, Andy Reid getting to see his work ethic and believe that he's going to take over the offense and then getting an opportunity to show it in Week 17. That was the ultimate test for them. Yeah. I watched his uh, little appearance on Jimmy Kimmel the other day, and I I like him a lot, man. Good kid. Um, let's talk about guys that have had an influence on us. Uh, obviously, we all love football. Where does it start? So think about, you know, a coach and even people that are listening, you know, who who has really influenced your love of football? Or when you think about your favorite football memories, who were you with? Um, Austin, let's start with you, man. Who has influenced you the most in your love of football? Um, for my love of football, I honestly, I don't really know if I have anyone to point it to for like, who is my love of football? That was just something I kind of developed like as a kid, you know, just, I guess I did. It would be my dad just in the fact, like if I were to look at all my baby pictures, there's always like a basketball, a baseball or football. And then moving to a small town. You know, there was, I had a neighbor, and we just kind of started playing backyard football, two-hand touch, you know, get a little rough, and you play tackle. Probably wasn't our best idea with the kind of environment we were playing in at the time. <laughs> but, you know, that just kind of developed as I got older, and then I started paying attention to the Chiefs, and then I started to get to know the roster, and I just kind of fed into it. But my love to be a, a part of the NFL, that really started with talks with my mom as a kid. You know, going to town, we would – I would talk about wanting to be, you know, an NFL player, a coach, or just wanting to be in that atmosphere and just love that. And so I remember us just talking in the car on the way to, to town to go to great groceries or whatever we were doing, running errands. And so that just, like I said, you know, it's just developed as I've gotten older. But the person who's really been an influence and a role model and been very, very helpful in me kind of continuing my dreams into the into the world of football and being in the media or spot or just in any aspect of the game, um, might be clear to you guys and to some others, but it would definitely be Matt Miller. Just the fact that we grew up in the same town, you know, we, we've faced similar obstacles. He's obviously overcome those with time. And that's, you know, I'm starting to face those as well, but it's just how you kind of get your foot into the door and being able to overcome those obstacles and reach the level of success that he has and then keeping it and then seeing his work ethic and just his knowledge for the game and his love for the game and the passion for all of it. And you just see it every time, you know, he sits down to do the podcast or you just ask him a question and the fact that he'll just take the time and straight up answer it. And then you just keep going on. I mean, he's not, he's not over the top with it. Well, okay. Maybe he is a little bit, but, <laughs> but you just, you just learn to appreciate that and then how helpful he is and how humble he is with it. Knowing that the position that he has is a blessing and how great it is. So to me, you know, he's definitely the guy that I look up to, you know, the guy, a level that I want to be at one day and the work ethic that I, I strive for within getting a position and being able to keep it. So for me, um, it's definitely Matt Miller. I wish I was able to put this in a better transition of words here, but he's, he's definitely the guy that does what I want to do. And he's been very helpful in helping me achieve those dreams. Well, for what it's worth, I wasn't planning on uh, giving one, but for me, if I pick one, it would definitely be Treese. Uh, all of our friends, you know, we all love football, and obviously getting to meet Doug and Austin and, and starting up talking football and stuff has, has been awesome. But Treese is the – he is the smartest football guy that I've ever met and literally has taught me the game of football. Doug, what about you, man? With my eighth-grade season of football, like just a little – uh, Pop Warner type community football. We didn't win a single game after that. After that, before that year, we had gone undefeated. Next year, didn't win a single game. You know, eighth grade going into freshman year, I was like, dude, screw this. I don't want to play football. Screw this. I don't want to ever do this again. I hated every second of it. Um, so I was super discouraged. Then comes the like right before school starts, football starting up. I get a text from a buddy saying, hey, I'm on my way. Me and my dad are going to come pick you up. You're coming to play football. I said, nah, I'm not playing this year. Him and his dad showed up on my front door. They grabbed my cleats that were right next to the door. And they said, come on, you're coming. And so I'm like, fine. 
And so I went to this practice. I really didn't know a lot of people because um, there weren't any freshmen there. They were all upperclassmen, just juniors and seniors. And uh, uh, this is weird. But I ended up falling back in love with football. And it was because of that that got me, that kept me in love with football. Me and this guy, we're not really close anymore. We're actually not even friends. I'm not even going to mention his name. So he got us close, or it got me closer to being able to continue on with my love of football. But what's really kept me in are a lot of people, like social media people. And not, I shouldn't say social media, but I should say like people in the media. Daniel Jeremiah like I love all of his takes. I follow him really closely. I have for a long time. Um, Jordan Reed, he's another dude on Twitter. I absolutely love his takes. Like I listen to whatever I can of his because I trust what he says. Really good uh, scout in a way. Same with Matt Miller. Like there's just a lot of people. I, I I'm not gonna say that that's exactly what I wanna, or that's not exactly who I have looked for for all amplitudes of inspiration, but they are people that really keep me drawn in in football and encourage me to continue to learn more and increase my knowledge with it. Yeah, I, I think that was awesome because I'm, I'm with you on like those names that you're naming, like Matt Miller and Jeremiah and uh, Reed. Like those guys are amazing. I listen and read to everything that they write. All right, dudes, let's do. Trees had a really good idea to do a. We call it too good to be true four round mock draft. So you guys obviously know where you're, you're picking. We've talked a lot about uh, drafts, mock drafts, all this stuff. In this case, this is best case scenario. So we're going to go through Jacksonville, Kansas city, Cleveland in that order. So Treese representing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take us away, my friend. All right, cool. I kind of brought this up. Uh, last week's podcast where we were talking about like what are some team needs and where we think that they should be going. And I mentioned how I think Yannick Ngakwe is the key to the Jaguars' success this year because he's the only true speed pass rusher. And so I actually think a speed pass rusher is key and would be a dream if someone like Josh Allen fell to number seven. And again, I, I'm, I like seeing these guys' faces because they did not expect me to say that. Nope. So, and again, everybody, we know how unlikely this is, but that is why it is called too good to be true. <laughs> so my pick will be Josh Allen. I thought you would go with TJ Hawkinson, honestly. And by the way, I looked at three <laughs> mock drafts today and he is going to the Lions on all three of the ones I looked at. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But that's that's a good pick. Not likely that he goes to uh, seven, as you just said, but that would be awesome. Austin, Kansas City Chiefs, round one. Yep. So we are pick, or not we, the Kansas City Chiefs are pick 29. <laughs> um, you know, Garrett Bradbury has been projected there as of late. Um, Clean, or Keenan Farrell has been there as well. Uh, I don't think either of them drop that far or even make it. I think Bradbury actually gets picked probably 22 from the Ravens by the Ravens, excuse me. And so what I have the chiefs going here at round one pick 29 is Rocky sin. I think he sneaks his way into the first round. You know, he is a solid corner. He's physical. He's fast. He's done nothing but raise his draft stock so far since the senior bowl. He did well at the combine. He did well at his pro day. And so I think he finds his way into the first round. The chiefs need a corner. He's definitely the prototype guy that, you know, we've kind of just developed and learned to love right now for the NFL. So I would love to see him in Kansas City. In episode one, our very first episode, you remember who you took at 29? Not going to lie to you, I don't. It was Byron Murphy. Do you think there's any chance he's there at 29? This question goes to all three of you guys. No. I No, I think he's probably one of the first corners off the board. Okay. All right. Hey, cool. who did I have at seven? You had uh, Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> and Doug, Doug had Christian Wilkins. However, through some transactions with the Giants, they no longer have a first pick. So, Doug, what's Cleveland's first pick? Well, pick 49 in the second round. Um, you know, I actually had a really hard time thinking of this person, mostly because I wanted to keep it somewhat like, yeah, it's too good to be true. But at the same time... You I want it to happen. It. Yeah, like I want it to happen. I do. But 
I don't know if Jonathan Abram will be on the board at the 49th pick. So that's who I have the Browns going with because they lost Peppers. Yeah, they signed Morgan Burnett, but Jonathan Abram hits hard. Like I love his play style, and I think that's what the Browns are needing. So Jonathan Abram, pick 49. I like it. He will not be on the board. He'll be a first-round pick, the first safety off of the board. Did you guys see his little interview? I think he was at Bleacher Report. Yeah. Um, where he yeah. was like, Montez Sweat should be the number one pick. He's bigger, faster, stronger, everything <laughs> better than Nick Bosa. Yeah, I'm loving his attitude, to be honest with you. Jonathan it's raising Abrams? a stock for me. Abram yeah. said that? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, him and Sweat are like best friends, so makes sense. Oh, cool. All right, where are we at? Uh, who's got the next pick in the draft? The Jags? Chiefs? Yeah, me. So their second round pick. I will go with a position that you all thought I was going to go with in the first round. So I will go with tight end and TJ Hawkinson's buddy in Noah Fant. So really, I I could sit and do this all night long with the knowledge that the three of you guys have. Doug, Austin, is there any chance he's there at that pick? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. not. I, I fully admit this. Yeah, no, he's um, he doesn't make it out of the top twenty, top fifteen. Oh, I disagree with you there. Really, I wouldn't be surprised if he slid into the second round just if enough crazy shit happens, you know, with trade ups for quarterbacks that are just going to be utterly ridiculous. That's so, true. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think I think he's in that twenty five to thirty two range. I think he goes in those. With seven. with all of the trades that are going to happen, I'll agree twenty five twenty five thirty two. But I do see him going in the first round. I don't see him making it in the second round. Agreed. Don't the Patriots need a tight end? Aren't they going to take somebody? If Fant's there, like, aren't they taking him? Somebody I'd see them. That's where Abram lands. Interesting. Really? They just picked up Austin Severian Jenkins. They may try to wait oh, and take right. someone someone later that they might may like, like a Foster Moreau. That's a good point. We actually started off tonight's episode <laughs> talking about that. So... Yeah, and I, you know, even the same thing with uh, the Lions picking up Jesse James. There's still, it seems, at least right now, what are we, two weeks, a little, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, 15 tomorrow. days. Yeah. Let's go. People are uh, looking at Hawkinson maybe playing for the Lions. We'll see. Um, all right, who's up next? Um, got... It is I, towards the end of the second round here, we have back-to-back, or not back-to-back. It's like a Chiefs pick, another pick, and then the Chiefs again. So with them... I have them taking Chase Winovich. I think he gets taken a little earlier into the second round. Watching film from, or oh my gosh, excuse me, just cut that part out. I think it's going to be Chase Winovich. I don't think he makes it this far into the second round. Watching film for Michigan's defense, I think he is one of the top defensive players. Uh, I make a little bull take here. I really don't see Devin Bush being that high of a linebacker. I don't know what anyone else really sees. I think he gets engulfed at the second level. He's not very effective in the run game. If it's a power run game, if it's a pitch to the outside, he's good. But other than that, I'm personally just not seeing it. But I have Chase Winovich here following the second round of the Chiefs for my too-good-to-be-true mock draft. And then another pick, I actually have them going tight end, Foster Moreau out of LSU. I love this kid. I watched him at the Senior Bowl. I interviewed him at the Senior Bowl. The dude is amazing. I'm not sure if you listened to it on Stick to Football podcast. The son of a gun can freaking whistle the most perfect whistle I've ever heard in my flipping life. <laughs> That's so it random, was, but all right. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, he whistled, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just replayed it. I was like, whoa, this dude's got it going on. So I'd love to see him with Travis Kelsey. Like I said before, Travis Kelsey's quietly getting old. So with him kind of moving out, and then you get Foster Murrow in, I think that's a perfect combination for the Chiefs. You know, two defensive players that needs for an edge and a corner, and then you throw in a tight end. You, uh, you, he whistled, and you wrote something down. He's like, "What'd you write down?" He said, "I just bumped you up from a fifth to a third rounder, and uh, I'm going to mention you in episode ten of Talking Football." When you say <laughs> that, say that about uh, Devin Bush, Treese, and uh, Doug, is there a prospect that has just unanimously been a first round? You know, he's, his name's been there every first round mock draft that you don't think is going to be good. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple, but who's the first name that comes to mind? Drew Locke. Yeah, I'll be honest. Whenever I see a quarterback other than uh, Dwayne, I really don't see like insane talent. Like, I like Kyler Murray, 
But other than that, whenever I see a quarterback in the first round, nah, mm-mm, no. See, Doug, we haven't, you and I, just even in personal conversation, we haven't talked a lot about quarterbacks because you guys, you and uh, you and Austin are obviously set. Hopefully, Treese and I stay that way. But do you think, do you like uh, Haskins better than Murray? I do. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Who's the, who's next on the uh, list here? It's me. Good old Doug. Dougie. Um, so Give us my, another one of your unreasonable picks, my friend. My unreasonable pick <laughs> would be Voshan Joseph in the third round. Like, that's so unreasonable. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, how great would it be to see him as a Cleveland Brown? You know what's crazy? In my very first mock draft... I think it was before the combine, before anything. I had Voshan Joseph falling to the Browns at number four. Or sorry, pff, shut up. I had the <laughs> I had Voshan Joseph falling to the Browns in the fourth round. Like, there's no way that would happen. But I mean, this is a little bit more reasonable than the fourth round. But in the third round, for a too good to be true pick, easily Voshan out of Florida linebacker. Treese, what are you thinking, man? You look like you got something you want to say. That I'm in pure panic mode because my player just got taken. <laughs> oh, damn it. That was the – okay. When you leaned back like that, I was like, he Doug either just took his guy or Treese is just thinking like, dude, it's this is too good to be true, but you've got to have some kind of – and now, okay, so he took your guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and this, this player is very interesting to me. Because I've seen him, actually, we did that mock draft, and I actually had him going in the first round. Um, but I've also seen tons of mock drafts having this guy in the third round. And that is um, Caleb McGarry, the tackle. Wow. So what pick I, are we at here? We're round three, right? Yeah, so it's like 90, I, I didn't write it down, 98. Okay. So, or, yeah, late late 90s. I didn't write down the exact number. Um He's he's a hard one to read. I'm I'm not sure where you guys have him going, but so this may be even like way too far fetched. I'm I'm trying to at least keep guys within like a ten pick radius at least. Right. Right. Um, but that's where I'm going with is Caleb McGarry. Yeah, no, I actually I could see him late first round, early second. That's just me though. But I mean, it's a too, too good to be true. It's too yeah. good to be true. So that's actually if that happens, dude, hell yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I just took care. Ter- uh, I just took care of the Jags' three biggest needs, basically in rounds one, two, and three. That's what's too good to be true about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys expect for the Chiefs, Browns, and Jaguars, which of those teams makes the most draft day trades? The Browns. Yeah, I was gonna say the Browns. We have like we used to have two third rounders, but we have like three fifth rounders. So. And there have been even rumors of John Dorsey wanting to trade back up into the first round. But if he does, I mean, he's going to trade up within the top 15 picks, if not yeah. top 10. And that's going to be a that's going to be a pretty good haul of picks in that draft. So, yeah, you me- you mentioned that when we were playing Madden the other night, right, that that was part of his reasoning for the Odell trade was that he only saw 15 guys worthy of a round one grade. Right, Doug? Mm hmm. So yeah, that'd be where he's aiming. Austin, what yeah. are you thinking? Oh. Um, are you asking this as like who makes the most trades or who makes like the biggest trade out of the three? Yeah, let's go with both. So Browns maybe for the quantity. Do you guys do either of the three of you expect your team to maybe just I mean, I guess if it's a huge blockbuster trade. What do you think, Doug? I have a I, I could see maybe the Chiefs making some crazy trade with Tyree Kill to go to somewhere. Oh, I don't. Tyreek Hill's not going anywhere. If if this all is clean, he's getting a lower contract and he's not going anywhere. Unless, I mean, if it's bad, whatever the situation is, if he's suspended, he's suspended. But I don't think Travis or uh, Tyreek Hill is going anywhere. Just to be honest with you, but <laughs> I I think the Chiefs will be making the most trades in the draft because really? even last year the Kansas City Chiefs last year they only had one pick at the true position and I think it was in the sixth round. To get Traymond Smith, which was a corner, so I think I think the Chiefs are going to make the most trades because Brett Veach, you know, he knows what he wants, and he's going to he's very good at putting together his picks that kind of equal out to be the same worth um, to get up and get a guy, and then keep and then have more picks in return to move up again if he needs to for the later rounds. 
Yeah, the Jaguars aren't going to do anything. They never do. The, <laughs> like the biggest move that they've made since Caldwell has been there, um, he's been there for five, six years now, and the biggest move that he's made is gone up like four spots to get Miles Jack. Yeah, that's crazy that you say that, Trees. Because just as you say that now, I'm like, you know, and really honestly, the Lions don't. I mean, they traded up last year to get Carry on, but yeah, there's just not. I guess our team's trees don't really shake things up too much. They don't do what, and that's honestly what I love about what Cleveland's done this year, Doug, is it just seems like they're, you know, they're, they're all in, they're going for it. Where are we at next on the, uh, who's got the next pick? Austin. What round and pick number is it? Austin. Um, this is third round. Not sure on the pick number, to be honest with you, staying on the offensive side of the ball and going with Paris Campbell receiver out of Ohio state. I think this just adds to the threat of their offense. You know, you add in Foster Moreau. You got, you know, your future tight end there. Sammy Watkins is most likely gone after this season, so this gives Paris Campbell a year to develop. He slides right in there, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. I think their offense just kind of keeps going, you know, for years to come with this. For my next pick, and the technically I guess it's the fourth round for me, um, is pick 120, David Edwards, a tackle out of Wisconsin. I see. I mean, I see him going in the third round easily, um, early third, late second. But it would be nice for the Browns to, you know, get some security tackle, get some depth um, to protect good old Baker Mayfield. But um, yeah, no, nope, David Edwards, OT out of Wisconsin. Nice, I like it. Uh, I think I'm up next with the second third-round pick for the Jags that they got in the Dante Fowler trade. Probably a bit of a surprise here for most of you, and it would be Tyree Jackson. Really? Back Buffalo. Wow. So, right? So like for it. me, it's he. I think he's a perfect quarterback that needs to sit for a couple years, but he has all the tools that could make him a good quarterback so why not get him now and let him sit behind Foles for the next couple of years and then once you're ready to move on from Foles you got a guy already already there and waiting wow I, okay I like that all right so I actually do not have a fourth round pick so I will go ahead and take our fifth round pick um I may botch his last name here but Bo Ben Swagel, Ben wow excuse me there <laughs> Bo <laughs> Ben Schwazel. No, I'm. Dude, Doug, help me out here. It's Ben Schwazel. I think I'm ben pretty Schwazel? sure it's Ben Schwazel. I still feel like I'm I, saying I it wrong. It's probably the most difficult last name I've ever pronounced on my own here. But uh, offensive lineman out of Wisconsin, I think this is good, good value and good depth here in the fifth round. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz is getting older. Eric Fisher is getting a little older, but you know they have been prominent for the Chiefs. You know. Bo does have some versatility to play along the offensive line, so I think him in Kansas City would be a good fit. And it is a fifth rounder, so if it doesn't pan out, you know, it's at least a, an opportunity there for him. Awesome, I like that pick. I love Bo. Uh, you go watch some of his games; he murders. He's a really good uh, tackle. Uh, for my pick, I actually have Elias Mack, tight end out of Notre Dame, at pick one forty-five. Um, just give more depth for tight end. For the Browns, um, I mean David Njoku, he's really good. He needs to work on his run blocking, as uh, John Dorsey so adamantly said at the combine, called him out on it in the media. Um, but Elias Mack, I'd love to see him as a Cleveland Brown. Now we got the Jags fourth round pick up, and I'm gonna go with a running back out of Memphis, Daryl Henderson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> It's the too good to be true. Like that doesn't mean so you're not going to laugh. Be true. <laughs> is that why you're laughing, Doug? Because yeah, because I too... love Daryl Henderson. That's way too good to be true. But I like it. Like, dude, that you, happens. You genuinely think that he's going to be what? Because I, I think he goes. I think he goes late third round. That no, I'm saying. I'm just saying early third, late second. That's that's it. I so, would be. I will. I will pay you a hundred dollars if he goes in the second round. <laughs> All right. Hey. There's no way in hell he goes in the second round. Our, uh, I'd say late, but most likely early third. For me, I don't scout these players, which is why I love having you three as friends and podcast co-hosts. With that being said, let me list 
four guys for the Lions. You tell me if they will be there, except for the first pick here. He will be there, I think. So let's just see if it's realistic. TJ Hawkinson at eight to the Lions. Do you yeah. guys see that happening? Yeah. Even with the Jesse James signing? Yeah. Okay. And round two, Nasir Adderley, the safety out of Delaware. What do you guys think? Is he not good? How early in the second round is it? It's the eighth pick in the second round. So it's pick 40, right? 39? It is 39. 39. I could see that if enough crazy stuff happens in the first round. Yeah, but there'd have to be trades. But yeah. It's it's a perfect pick for a too-good-to-be-true. Yep. Sorry, it's the 43rd overall pick. Nah, still. Either way, I, it's a perfect pick for a too good to be true, where it's like, it's not very likely, I'm, but you're like, well, I mean, I guess there's a small chance. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with uh, Tracy Walker, but I expect a, a really good season from here, uh, from him this year. He is actually, I, I want to say he's like cousins with Darius Slay, so it was a big deal when he was drafted, but he played really well towards the end of the year. Um what about, okay, round three, this is the 88th overall pick. Amani Arurie, the, the corner out of Penn State, is he going to still be on the board? No. No way. Nope. No way. Well, damn it. All right. <laughs> too good to be true. That's too what good, I'm talking about. <laughs> too good to be true. Okay, for the fourth round pick, Justice Hill, the running back out of Oklahoma State. Fourth round? Is that what you just said? Yep, it's the 111th overall pick. Is he still on the board? I think that him and Henderson go pretty damn close to each other. So I had Hen- I had Henderson in the fourth. So we're gonna I'll go with yeah. I mean another good pick for a too good to be true. Okay. Yeah, too good to be true. Well, hey, that's awesome. Uh, Love the picks. Everything was great. Um, that pretty much wraps up our episode for today. So first off, I just want to go ahead and say thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, be sure to check us out on Twitter at talking underscore football. Of course, you know we do have apparel. Bow, bow, bow. Don't forget to check that out. Again, thanks for hanging out with us. And, of course, today we have been talking football.